Hey listeners, I'm working on a mailbag episode where I answer your questions. So if you have anything you'd like to ask me, send me an email to sam at kitchentablemagic.org. I'll read all of your questions on air in a future episode. Thanks. Kitchen Table Magic is presented by Hipsters of the Coast. Hipsters of the Coast is the premier news and strategy blog for the Magic the Gathering community. Read up on insightful columns written by an expert team of Magic insiders. There's something for everyone. Discussion about legacy, commander, preview cards from the new set, and more. Just go to hipstersofthecoast.com for news and strategy on all of your favorite formats. That's hipstersofthecoast.com. Kitchen Table Magic is brought to you by Card Kingdom. With fast shipping, the best card sleeves, deck boxes, binders, and all the modern legacy and commander staples you could ever want, Card Kingdom is there with the hookup. If you'd like to support the show, just use our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com KTM when you shop. Kitchen Table Magic is brought to you by Paragon City Games. They're a community-focused game store in Draper, Utah that cares deeply about their player base. Tune into their stream at twitch.tv slash paragoncitygames for daily legacy action. Sir, could you please introduce yourself? I'm Jeffrey Palmer. I'm known as the animator around the community, or Living Cards MTG. You might know my work from Valerian Community College, Loading Ready Run MTG, or the Command Zone, Finnish Super League. Basically, if you've been watching anything with high-quality production, uh, I've tried to be involved over the last couple of years. Welcome to Kitchen Table Magic, a storytelling podcast featuring the amazing people of the Magic the Gathering community. I'm your host, Sam Tang. Join me and my guests as we share stories about what MTG means to us, how we got started playing Magic, the ups, the downs, the hilarious stories, and everything in between. In this episode, I'm talking to the animator of the Magic community, Jeffrey Palmer of Living Cards MTG. If you've seen anything from The Professor, Magic the Amateuring, Game Nights, Loading Ready Run, or a Channel Fireball GP, you've seen Jeffrey's work. Jeffrey is a professional motion graphics designer and uses his talents to bring our favorite cards to life. Jeffrey has animated Anger of the Gods, Bouncing Beebles, Liliana, Force of Will, Soul Ring, Treasure Cruise, Ponder, and more. Jeffrey now works at Channel Fireball doing their graphics and he's excited to push the boundaries of his craft every chance he gets. Jeffrey also talks to us about his appreciation for art and his creative process. I caught up with Jeffrey the fall of 2017. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jeffrey Palmer of Living Cards MTG. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on Kitchen Table Magic. I'm your host, Sam Tang, and today I'm here with the animated Jeffrey Palmer. Jeffrey, how are you doing? Hi, Sam. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, I am so excited to have you here. Jeffrey, where are you joining us from? Minneapolis, Minnesota, my adopted home. I'm actually from Missouri, but I uh, came up here for the Midwest, big city, but still, uh, you know, it's cold. It gets cold in the winter. Oh, yeah, but, it is. Uh, it's a good place. It's going to be my home for a little while. But yeah, this is where all the, the animation magic happens. If you've ever seen any kind of premiere coverage or top tier quality content, either from Loading Ready Run or The Command Zone or The Professor or Magic the Amateuring or any kind of like, you know, GP animations, you've likely have seen Jeffrey's work. Uh, Jeffrey, you are the man behind Living Cards MTG, <laughs> and you make the soul ring spin, and you make the beebles bounce, you make the time oh. reverse, you make those things happen for us. All right, well, I have to let you know, I do my part, but I want to start by, you know, saying none of this happens without the incredible artists who make the artwork. You know, people are always asking me, like, 
Jeffrey, can you actually draw anything? And the answer is yes. And it's a stick <laughs> figure uh, that, you know, hangman. Uh, no, I, I can draw a little bit. I try to Bob Ross uh, in Photoshop, but I, I don't make art, you know. And so uh, so, so the, the artists paint the picture, and, and I, I try to unlock a little bit more of the story. That's, that's what my goal is whenever I see a piece of art. What happened before or just after or what's, what's going on as the blow is coming across the face of the enemy or something? I, I just try to tell a little bit tiny more so we can kind of enjoy that moment for a little while longer. That is super cool. In a sense, your craft is not like a border extension. You're more of an artistic extension, but in the fourth dimension. You kind of animate a little bit before the scene, a little bit after the scene. Because the artwork is like a snapshot of the scene of what's going on. The artist's job is to capture the climax of the moment, what, what's happening right as the action reaches its uh, height. And, and so what I, I like to do is maybe we could see what happened just before it. Uh, like I can rebuild a little temple moments before the Eldrazi kicks it into smithereens. The very first card you know, that I animated was Anger of the Gods. And, uh, and that's just a look into the hellscape that this person has found themselves in. Just trying to take you a little more into the world that the artist has created and unlock a little more of the magic there with some animation. Yeah, I remember seeing that Anger of the Gods animation for the first time, and I was blown away. I was like, this is not possible. How is this even <laughs> real? How is, how is this even going on right now? Yeah, a lot of hard work goes into the uh, animation, and uh, I'd be happy to tell you about it. That's awesome. Well, we will talk about it, Jeffrey. But first, like all things, we start from the beginning. Where did you grow up, and how did you find magic? Yeah, so I grew up in Missouri, like I said, uh, and uh, left as quickly as possible. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed growing up there. But uh, yeah, I found magic... Um, I, you know, I, I remember from the Urza saga, Gerard and the Weatherlight and Volrath, and <laughs> it's a bit fuzzy. Oh, yeah. I have to tell you, confess something for, for being as involved with the art as I am. I'm a terrible Vorthos. I don't know nearly enough of the story, you know, for, for trying to actually go and tell a little more of it. I, I'm so microcosm focused on whatever the piece of art is. I, I didn't like I animated uh, Bantu's reckoning and I mentioned uh, I said yeah he why does he have a stick and and I was talking to Victor the artist and he goes, um, Bantu is a girl. And I kind of <laughs> had to go, oh, I probably would have known that had I been reading the story all along. <laughs> but uh, I, I do appreciate what they do. Yeah, I just usually am focused on, on whatever's going on. But yeah, so I, so I found Magic, um, played it in high school, middle school, uh, you know, enjoyed it, but very casually. 100,000 card decks and you just, just super casually and didn't really ever try anything competitive with it. Um, and then, and then kind of went to college and, and, um, and didn't play anymore. But I, in the back of my mind, I kind of kept an eye on it. I had friends come to town and, ah, let's get the latest magic deck, you know, let's see what's going on. And, um, but it wasn't until, uh, 2015 when I, I had moved up here and my friend came into town and he said, Hey, we, you got to watch coverage. And, um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Magic coverage? Why? First of all, that. That, that sounds awful. I'm sure it's just going to be terrible. And <laughs> I, I'm not going to understand what's going on. And I'm going to, you know, like why I'd rather watch paint dry. But he says, all right, no, sit down. We, we put it on and, and I'm entranced. I couldn't believe how far it had come. Um, since I had, since I had left the game there, the cards on the screen, there's production quality. They're explaining every action. And 
uh, you know, within about 10, 15 minutes, I mean, you, you've seen a Star City Games or a Channel Fireball or any of the other great, uh, the Pro Tour, certainly. Um, the, the coverage is, is extremely uh, high quality, and they're, they're getting better all the time. Uh, I, I'm hoping to, you know, continue that trend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I just couldn't believe it. And, and my world is, um, is making uh, TV commercials. I, I'm a motion graphics designer by by uh, trade, which is uh, something you may not have heard all the time, but you, everybody knows what a graphic designer is. So I always say they're responsible for one frame, and I'm responsible for 30 frames per second. So that's the difference between a motion graphics designer and uh, and uh, the guys who just uh, you know putting text into a nice image. I'm uh, I'm trying to make uh, TV commercials come to life through B-roll and and stills moving and everything. So. I started with that, and uh, and I'm I'm at a point in my career um, where I'm thinking, okay, this is magic coverage is is amazing, and esports is taking off, and uh, I I'm, I have no idea how I can get involved with this, but I I want to see what's going on with it. So I watched the uh, uh, set trailers, which were amazing. Uh, the set trailers that Wizards puts out, the, yeah. the animated art, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, they've started doing the 3D, uh, and, and really, um, and I've, I've even talked to some of the production people who, who uh, put that together, and uh, you know, they're just really trying to take the quality and, and uh, keep it top tier. And and I thought, well, you know, I'm, maybe I can't do the 3D stuff, but I can do, um, I could, I could maybe do some of this. And uh, and then this all really started. I'll, I'll tell you the genesis of everything. Uh, like all good magic stories, this began with Noah Bradley, the artist, who's <laughs> mm-hmm. a very popular community member. And he posted, so we all know Reddit, our, uh, our love hate relationship most of us have with uh, <laughs> the magic, magic subreddit. subreddit. Um, who, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm cruising around and I see, I see that Noah has posted a uh, kind of a pixel art animation of, of Anger of the Gods, where he had just sort of made a fun little, um, is very pixel art. You know, you've seen it's very sort of uh, two two dimensional and, and flat, no movement at all. But he had kind of made the fire coming down, and I thought that's really cool. So I'm looking at the art, and I'm thinking, you know, I could I could make this a real animation. I could I could tear this apart and make it loop like a GIF. Um, so I set I set to doing it, and I I learned a lot. The first one it took forever. I, they they average uh, you know five to six hours per per animation. Uh, wow. It really takes me. Yeah, people are always wondering. Like, oh, you, sometimes you crank these out, but you know sometimes they're simpler. If it's a simple scene, just to give you a little preview of the process, I you know I have to take away anything that needs to move. I have to take it away and then rebuild it because I'm working from a flat image. So if I want a, a falling piece of ember to move i have to cut it out then paint over it uh using the tools in photoshop and then re bring it in uh using that one actually has particle systems and all kinds of really crazy technical tricks and i just kind of swung for the fences and i put it out there and i put it on reddit and it became at that time before they changed the way upvotes work, like the number twelve post on that subreddit of all time for for a little while, and uh, just blew my mind. The response was was overwhelming, and um, and Noah, being the uh, sweet guy that he is, he uh, he chimed in with the top comment. He said, "This is awesome, sweet work, man." And I'm thinking, 
Noah Bradley just said he likes what I my work. He just said he likes. <laughs> it just kind of I. You you think of these guys who create the artwork uh, as just kind of being you know moving among the stars out there in outer space, and they're not real people. They can't be. How could they create this beautiful work? And and uh, and suddenly it's he's saying good job dude <laughs> i couldn't believe it so so i'm hooked so let's go let's make more um so the next one i did was was howard lyon and uh he he just became he's become my probably either favorite or top one of my top artists and uh and he just said he too chimed in on reddit and said fantastic work maestro i love it and so i'm thinking wow this is you know, this is incredible. How, how am I, you know, what am I going to do? And I had no plans, Sam. I had no plans at that point to do anything professional or, or try to, you know, make any money at this or actually, I didn't even think it was a thing. I'm just saying, oh, wow, I'm getting all this karma, <laughs> these free internet points to, uh, you know, just to, to pat myself on the back and, and share my craft. And um, also getting all the, the excellent, uh, I, I got the my first experience of Reddit comments, which are, uh, which are so much fun. I can tell you my, my favorite one was the very first one who asked why, is the guy in anger of the gods standing up instead of crouching down? Why, why have you done this, Jeffrey? As though it was a personal affront that I had made this uh, mistake that this person saw in my animation. And since then, it's been kind of a joke between me and my friends whenever I post something. Okay, what's going to be the silly comment that appears? You know, why are the planets rotating to the left instead of rotating to the right in time reversal? <laughs> you know, what, what have you done? Why have you animated it so poorly? But uh, so, so much of it is support and, and, you know, saying how much people appreciate uh, what I've done. And, and so, you know, the, the, the good has 10,000 times outweighed, uh, the bad. Yeah. So it was, uh, shortly thereafter that, uh, I, I got my first, um, opportunity to do something professional and that was with channel fireball that is so amazing and, and you know what like jeffrey the the artwork that you do and the craft that you do to bring these cards to life they've captivated everyone in the magic community you know the artists came out themselves to comment on reddit just to kind of say how dazzling they were you know i was completely dazzled and you know listeners if you haven't seen any of jeffrey palmer's work just go onto youtube just like i don't know go to any gp coverage in between and go to like you know command zone and you're going to see all of these amazing a animations. They're incredibly mesmerizing. Every single one that you do, Jeffrey, draws me in more and more and more. Like every new one that you make, it draws me in even more. Like recently, um, for uh, the in invocations, you did a daze where you animated the birds flying through the river. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I, I really thought at that point oh. that Wizards had given you the layers. to. The, I was just like, of course. I mean, you know, Jeffrey's in. He's getting the Photoshop <laughs> layers. Like, th this is making his life easy. It's done. Yes. <laughs> but, oh. you, but you tweeted about it. You were like, they were like, this took me a while, and I'm very proud yes. of it. Oh, my goodness days. Yeah, that one. I mean, you have these, uh, you know, uh, even referencing Anger of the Gods. I'm sort of saying in the comments, I'm so overawed by the by the uh, the support and wow, people really like this. And somebody somebody brings me back down there. They go, dude, you probably knew this was pretty good. And I'm going, <laughs> oh, OK, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I thought it would be pretty good. That was one. That was one with days. I sometimes I just you you get it done and and um 
that's the other thing that I love, Sam, about being the, the one of the only guys who's doing this. Um, and uh, and I, I get to be the one who hits play first. Oh, you know, I, I love get, it. I get to see my own world. And sometimes I go into this sort of like trance where I'm just animating and I don't even play it back. You know, when you're editing, it's all, you know, make sure it works, play, play it back, play it back. So I, and I, I almost don't even want to ruin the surprise for myself. So I, I'm just top to bottom doing all these things. And then I finally get to sit back and, you know, and just hit play and watch it a thousand times before anybody gets to. And that, wow. that's just, that's the most fun. And Days was certainly one of those. But nope, they uh, they did not send me a darn thing. I uh, I sat there and cut apart. Uh, you know, obviously I duplicated the birds a little bit, but I, I got to sit there and cut out, cut them all out, Photoshop them all, and and just he he had set us uh, uh, the artist. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but had just set up such a compelling uh, scene with the reflections of the birds. I think I think that was what initially drew me to the piece, not the birds themselves. I, w- I was just entranced by their reflections because I could see uh, how I was going to do that effect. That That's about what draws me to a card is, uh, is whether or not I can see it the moment I look at it. And it's strange things that draw me to a piece. You know, it's not always like, what, why, uh, you know, why would you choose this one? Somebody's just standing there, but uh, like, for instance, I did Liliana, a uh, heretical healer, when Origins came out, and it was the bird. And she's standing there, and she's great. Nobody notices the bird because they're looking at her and the zombies and all that fun stuff. But there's a bird in the thing next to her, and I'm thinking, oh, I really want to animate that little bird, like, pecking and <laughs> flapping things. <laughs> And I could just see that little thing. So with the days, uh, you know, I had them sweeping across, and then uh, and then I was able to use some, some effects to kind of create that shimmer across the water. Yeah, so that was the whole uh, reason why I wanted to to bring it to life was was yeah, just that little piece there. I love it. I love it. And so you know, eventually, Jeffrey, you're going to get a phone call, and it seems like you got picked up by Channel Fireball to do more work. Yes. Yeah. So it was it was kind of. Quicker than I thought, I uh, I got a message from uh, Andy Cooperfoss over at Channel Fireball, and he said, "Hey, we do this kind of thing. What you know? Whoa, <laughs> this is great!" And uh, and he had another animator who I worked with for uh, almost a full year um, in tandem with doing some of the early uh, GP intros. And, um, you know, just time permitting, uh, and, and my interest level, I, I became the primary animator, but, um, yeah, we were just, you know, okay, the new set or, or modern or legacy, um, let's do staples, let's pick out, uh, whatever people are talking about and just create something that plays in between rounds to kind of snap everybody back in, uh, with exciting music and effects and the animation and, um, I really, you know, I really that I love of out of everything professional that I get to do. I, I love those uh, those animated intros the most because they they give me uh, at this point they give me total you know as long as I don't go too off the rails. I'll tell you about uh, Champion of Wits, who the community has renamed Champion of Hips. But, uh, <laughs> uh, as long as I don't go too far off the rails too many times, they just say, Jeffrey, do whatever you want. So I'm saying, okay, Siege Rhino's going to roar, and then we're going to go into this. And I told was talking to Andy, who, who's the editor at Channel Fireball, um, and he, and I said, oh, I have to give Andy credit. He lets me do everything. And he's like, I don't take any credit. You, you just say, I have something cool to do. And I say, do it. You know, it's like, okay, go ahead. Uh, you know, you haven't messed up yet. And I'm hoping 
hoping to keep that streak alive. So we're we're gonna every new one we're we're gonna have fun with uh, the new sets, uh, the new uh, whatever's going on. Uh, just always trying to bring uh, other stories in that world to life. You you'll notice I never ever do a piece of art that's in the trailer or really even the. Um, the main characters in the story. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't really ever do planeswalkers. I did. I just did uh, Anissa's renewal. I think it was, or something where, she, where she's in the desert holding little plants. Um, but just because that was one of the, that piece of artwork was my absolute favorite from my, uh, for, I think the, uh, the last set hour of devastation. What came right before it? <laughs> I'm completely blanking. <laughs> we have a almond cat. <laughs> almond cat. There we go. Yeah, I think that was my absolute favorite piece of art from from almond cat with her holding the little plants that are wilting. But yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a process of finding, like I said, the the art that's got the movement and tells a little bit of a story, and then trying to weave them all together sometimes into a little bit of a story. Uh, oftentimes it's kind of a stretch, but I'll try to connect them with an effect or or something and uh you know like a lightning bolt flashing across the screen and um so once uh once i started getting i I made the twitter account around that time and started posting and posting more on reddit and really you know as much as uh, reddit is like i said the love-hate relationship so much of my contacts and uh and progressing um to where I'm at today has come through people saying, whoa, you know, I saw what you did on Reddit. Hey, let's, uh, let's make this real. And that led to, um, well, the command zone, uh, reaching out to me, uh, the, initially they saw Prosh, which is a EDH staple uh-huh. and my commander and the best commander still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was just mainly because of the fire and the wings. I'm like, man, all right, I want to do some fire. Let's go. If there's any effect that I think I can replicate pretty well, it's uh, something on fire. <laughs> so I, uh, so I animated Prosh and, and Josh Lee, Qua- or uh, actually it was Jimmy Wong, uh, wrote me and he said, uh, he said, "Hey, wow, this is great. Can we can we put this on? You know, we can't uh, pay you yet, but we'll give you credit." And, and initially, that's what it was. It was uh, it was people going, "Wow, I love this. I I don't really have a budget, but can I put your stuff on?" And and uh, people asking me who were prominent, and and it was awesome, and it was win win. And I feel kind of like I've grown up a little bit uh, in in terms of my career with some of these content creators, like especially. My good friend uh, uh, Brian, the t- the professor of Tularean Community College, when I first contacted him, he he was prominent. He was he was up and uh, but he was, um, you know, certainly I don't I'm not sure if he was even over a hundred thousand. This is uh, you know better than two years ago, and he's he was on the rise, but um, just wanted things to look better. And uh, he had this little side project called Magic the Amateuring that he was working with, Minneapolis locals. What, yeah. what? And uh, and uh, he said, Jeffrey, can you, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. We They have these cards they like, Treasure Cruise. Can you animate all this? And I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he... Uh, so he threw me some some bones for that, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, making a little money, and and then we churn out the intro, and um, and now uh, Megan and Maria of Magic the Amateuring are they're doing that like full time, and they're so professional, and you know, obviously it wasn't entirely because of my intro, but <laughs> now you know, I, <laughs> I like that I played my part in their story uh, of of them coming to to be what they are, and loading ready run MTG. 
awesome guys, those crazy Canadians. They're like, you know, let's do Charging Badger and let's go. Uh, so I, we brought their uh, logo to life and, uh, you know, uh, all that stuff. I, I sit here uh, just looking at it and I, I can't believe, uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of lot of fun stuff. I haven't even mentioned Randy Bueller, who I who I reached out to and I just said, I love vintage, you know, do you want to do anything? And he's it's Randy Bueller, he's a Hall of Famer, and I didn't expect to hear anything. And he's like, oh, yeah, please, come help. And and everybody, that's one thing I will say as an aside about this Magic the Gathering community. I mean, we like to complain. We're people. We like to be mad about the cards and all that stuff. But when push comes to shove, this is a great community. I mean, there's so much to, uh, so much love and support from community people who are looking from for help from people who are you know just trying to grow their audience i'm sure you've experienced this just the community uh when you when you show that you're willing to put in the time and the work to put out a product or or put out you know an experience that you really believe in uh, people respond they they let you know you're doing a great job they watch people get backed on patreon Uh, the professors uh able to support everything on patreon now it's fantastic so I'm I'm just really excited to be a part of helping these content creators, uh, you know, reach more audiences and and grow their everything they're trying to do. It's awesome, Jeffrey. That's so cool because you've contributed so much to other content creators and you've inspired a lot of people. And also, like the GPs and Channel Fireball has reached out to you. You know, there's been so many times when I'm watching your animations and then I would watch Wizards of the Coast official animations and I almost could not tell them apart anymore. Like I I just lose track. I'm just like okay, we're in Amonkhet, there's a pyramid. And then we're like, oh yeah, like time reversal, the, the planets are spinning around. Or oh, anger of the gods, like siege rhino, like bouncing beebles. Like I cannot tell which one is the official, <laughs> which ones are yours. Like that's how great it is. And, you know, Jeffrey, you talked a little bit about how much work it takes to create something like that. Could you tell us a little bit more about our process for the listening audience? Absolutely. I'd love to dive into it. And this is a great forum because people always ask me on, uh, you know, the Reddit comments like, well, how do you do this? And I'm going, oh, I really, I'm not going to type it out. It's quite, <laughs> quite involved. But yeah, I starts by selecting the art. And like I said, I'm looking for a little bit of story, uh, a little bit of uh, something that I can, that I can bring to it. Um, uh, let's see, I can, I can give you, uh, I can give you all the way through the process. Uh, we could do, um, well, which one, which, which card would you like to hear the entire story of in a nutshell? Which has been your favorite so far, Jeffrey? I'll tell you what we'll do. We should do the command zone, uh, intro. Okay. The soul ring is probably I'm one of the ones I'm most I- iconically connected to. Uh, and I'm still a little bit blown away by how well that one turned out. So initially it looks like, okay. It's just a ring. It's hovering there. We're, we're talking, of course, about the newer art, which is where I started with. And I and I thought, okay, I've got to I've got to give this some motion, some life. I could see a little bit of movement in the background, but I think I could actually model this. So what I did was initially I, I painted the the actual ring out of the of the card. And the way I do that, uh, you'd be surprised to know, most of the time is actually spent in Photoshop uh, for my animations, mm-hmm. uh, which is a still a graphics program. You can do some limited GIF work in there. But um, most of the time, I'm, I'm taking the artist's uh, own painting and manipulating it in such a way to to remove pieces that I then want to bring to life. Um, so another great example of this is uh, if you look at Force of Will, um, the original one that with uh, by Therese Nielsen, the guy's one leg is 
is nice and the other one is on fire. So if I'm going to move him and his one leg is on fire, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge because I, I, I'm not going to be able to really pose him as much. Uh, so what I, what I did was I, I took the one leg and reflected it over and actually kind of rebuilt him a little bit into, into more of a complete looking person. Uh, I did the exact same thing with fatal push. Um, if you look at the card, the, uh, one of the guy's legs or some part of him is completely removed. Um, so duplicate over, manipulate a little bit and, uh, and try to try to turn it into a whole scene. So we don't have any of that, um, jagged cut off part that gives away the illusion. That's the whole trick of all this is even though I'm dealing with 2d layers, it all has to appear 3d. And if you see any fringe or, or cut off piece or anything, uh, the illusion shatters. So I, I can't have that. So I have to rebuild uh, anything that, that's missing. Any any If a sword is in front of an arm, I have to take another part of the arm. I'm kind of like Frankenstein and and, uh, and actually rebuild the, the piece of the arm so that we can move the sword. Because if we move it away, there's a big empty hole there. So back to the ring, I, 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 build it in, uh, I built it in Cinema 4D as a 3D modeling application and added in all that fun texture and all that, uh, you know, to kind of give it that look. And then, uh, you know, I think we got our J.J. Uh, Abrams lens flares going in there and just <laughs> really bringing it in to, to bring it to life. And uh, it kind of had it spin around and then sort of lock. Uh, one thing that I always try to do is, is preserve the um, climactic frame. So I, and I used to be more stringent on myself than I, I don't always do this anymore, but I, I always try to end on whatever the actual frame of the card that you see is. Ah. So I don't do that as much anymore because I'm I, really lately I've been into looping things like days. If you just watch it, you can just sit there for eter- an eternity and you won't ever see the start or the end of it, even though it, it does have a start and an end. It's just looping seamlessly. And that's a pretty, pretty big trick that I, that I've kind of brought to the, uh, brought to the game recently but um yeah so spinning around and then finally landing in the and the great uh, lockup of that of the new card and then i thought I, I was like okay that's good enough but i'm looking at the other one and i'm thinking oh wait a minute the other one is just on fire it's just the whole thing is on fire and there's a table sort of made of fire uh, let's just set it on fire so i actually i i took uh pieces of uh, actual flames and then kind of made some flame effects to fill out the ring portion and then I layered everything together. We call this compositing so you're taking different layers just like you might in a Photoshop except it's layers of moving video mm-hmm, mm-hmm. placing them all into position. So that's that's probably uh, the second longest part um, if you look at a card like Liliana Heretical Healer. Um we call this uh, 2.5D because uh, I try not to. I try to keep it in pretty simple terms. It, it's I don't even understand at all how the how the magic of the computer does it. But basically, we're offsetting uh, still images in in space that's going away from you. So the best way to describe this, so you you can kind of picture it in your mind, is imagine looking out your passenger window as you're driving along a mountain, and very very far in the distance. Uh, you know, in the sky, you, maybe you see a cloud or the sun or something, and that's not moving at all, basically. It, it looks affixed. And then a little closer, you see the mountain, and it's moving just slightly past you. And then further, there's maybe a forest, and it's coming a little closer. And then as we get to the edge of the forest, things are whipping by, and then the guardrail maybe is flying by at the speed of your car. 
And and this is a, a motion that the eye perceives called the parallax motion. Mm-hmm. So what, what the computer program does by me uh, placing things offset in 3D space is when then I when I then move a digital camera, uh, it, it moves them in relation to how close they are to the camera, which mimics how your eye works. Ah. So I'm, I'm tricking you into seeing this still image um, as something uh, that's uh, that's moving and has depth. Depth is the key. We have to have the foreground be in the foreground, and uh, if a zombie is close to the camera, they need to move faster than if they're farther away. Uh, you know, and Liliana is the center. Maybe she'll be my kind of zero point. Uh, so as we push forward, if you watch that animation, you can see that things in the background move very slowly, and things in the front fly past you at a, at a greater speed. So that's your little uh, parallax tutorial. And, and you can, uh, now you'll know how that works when, you, when you're going uh, driving by the mountains. Sometime you can say, hey, that's, <laughs> that's parallax happening. Um, but it's, it's basically what sells the effect of the magic card. So I, I distribute things along. Oh, there wasn't a ton of that with the, uh, with the soul ring animation, but, um, time reversal we were talking about. The, the planets, you know, you, we have the little figure and he, he needs to be fairly stationary. Um, and then, and then in the distance as the camera moves and kind of sways and pulls back, I need, uh, I need, you know, the motion to look correct. So that's that's how I align all these layers in 3D space. It looks like a huge bowl of spaghetti. It looks like a complete mess if you don't look at <laughs> just the right angle. You know, it's kind of like one of those magic eye things where you you can't see it. You know, or like an art that's a collection of junk, and it, it it's kind of streamed out into the into Z space. And you you walk by and you're thinking, what is this? And then just at the right angle, wow! It you know it forms something, a picture or some some kind of. Uh, art and and that's that's how it works so even even moving the camera just a little bit too far wow it shatters and you can see that it's 2d instead of 3d and so that's what uh most of the animation process is wrestling with that to get everything just so and i you know create them the camera movement and that adds a lot you know to to kind of the drama of uh pushing in on some figure or whatever i'm uh, displaying in that animation, and then of course the animation itself is uh, is, is fairly straightforward. A lot of the times, I um, simply using the tools and and pushing it as far as I can. I can't, um, you know, I can't really make people talk that well because I'm not redrawing any of the animation like you're seeing in a traditional mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cartoon. Right. Yeah. So we have this new uh, newer artist named Victor Adame uh, Minguez, and he's amazing. And a lot of his art immediately grabs me because it has so much motion and life. And uh, I recently animated Duretti. Uh, which was a planeswalker that he did a reinterpretation of and really brought a fun spin to it. So much uh, movement and you can see him with his little uh, uh, knobs and cogs and his arms and everything. And he looks like he's cackling madly and I wanted to do that so badly. So I went a little crazy on this one. I ended up actually... Uh, building a rig that would animate his mouth absolutely in sync with an actual uh, sound file of someone doing an evil laugh. So that's how uh, out there and kind of over the top I can get on some of these animations when it when I really want to bring an, an element of real life to it. So he's he's actually opening and closing his mouth as the peaks and valleys of this track of laughter happen. So it really sells that effect that he's kind of cackling madly as his uh, his 
metallic arms and wheels kind of turn around him. So that's, that's uh, again, all pulling it apart and rebuilding the part of his beard that's covered by the hand and rebuilding the uh, cogs of the pieces of the cart that are around him and all the sticks and pulleys and everything has to be taken apart and built into layers. I think, I think Duretti probably had 50 or so layers before I even got into animating that all, all move and sway and uh, really sell the effect of that card. So yeah, just telling, telling a little more. That's so crazy. I really hear what you're saying here, Jeffrey, because you are using some of these advanced techniques. You know, not too long ago, you uh, animated the little homunculus from Totally Lost. I can't really pronounce his name. I think it's Fipple Fip, right? <laughs> uh, yes, I think that's what it is. It's so funny. My friend, uh, Cube April, uh, you, you've seen her. Yeah, uh, Cube April. All kinds of things. She has the uh, the actual artwork. So I've always loved uh, for Totally Lost. Yeah, Fibble Fip. We'll leave that one up to the audience. I think it's it's something like that. I'm glad you brought that one up. Because you rotoscope the eye. I pick cards just because I want to see if I can try out a new technique or actually do something. I'll tell you, Sam, that eye is actually 3D. It's a oh. it's an actual um, an actual orb eye in a socket. So I took his little eye. I made a, a sphere in 3D, and then I uh, painted the texture onto the sphere. So actually making. Um, an eye and added, you know, the little veins and everything to really sell the effect of the original piece. But what that allowed me to do was then I can actually orbit that around, uh, you know, have it look around and it, it looks totally realistic as it goes, seep, you know, uh, swinging around behind his eyelid. And he's kind of, you know, looking around and blinking. But then the craziest part of that one was uh, I wanted to try rotoscoping, which is one of my least favorite things in all of motion graphics, but I just had to do it for, for Totally Lost because it was such a compelling effect. Uh, but rotoscoping is, is, a, is a technique as old as film itself, but it's basically frame by frame uh, creating a mask or a mat that uh, will, will put some piece that you're compositing into the background rather than being on top of it like a sticker. Just think hmm. of taking a sticker and laying it on top of a piece of film. Well, if I had done that and people are walking by, okay, that's fine. It's a little boring. You know, it doesn't look like he's in the scene. But what I actually do is, is I, I sat there and as a, as a foot would come by, and, and we're going to use our imagination that this foot is passing in front of him, I then cut the foot out frame by frame and put it on top of my layer that has Fibblethip. So then when we play it back, it actually shows the foot walking past him. And then your brain goes, wow, he's behind that person. And mm-hmm. it sets him in the scene. Right. Uh, the, it, it's, it's a film trick they've used forever. Uh, Transformers, you know, when, uh, when a digital robot moves behind a real building, well, he doesn't really move behind the building. You have to have some, uh, and uh, frankly, I hate I hate this job, but somebody does it. Uh, they have to sit there and put him behind the building. You know, they have to walk uh, there. Jo- I was just talking to Josh Lee Kwai, who who does the uh, command zone and has now um, gone up to the incredible game nights, which I'm very fortunate to be working on the production with. Uh, and and he he did some rotoscoping where he cut himself out and uh, did a little effect. And he was saying, "This is this is terrible. Why do we do this?" But it's such a compelling <laughs> effect when we when you when you play it back and you. You go, oh, that's why, because it looks so cool, and I'm so happy that uh, you know I'm able to, uh, you know, bring bring the little bit of magic, and and when it's seconds, and nobody under, nobody nobody gets it, but uh, but it, 
it really is a, a labor-intensive process that has an incredible result when you do it right. Wow, that is so incredible, Jeffrey. Okay, <laughs> so I know we had a lot of technical discussion, but I'm just going to kind of lay it out for the listening audience. So basically, the big steps that Jeffrey goes through to create these animations is to first take the art, deconstruct it into all of the pieces. So anytime Jeffrey sees a moving piece, he has to Photoshop it out, isolate it, and behind that art, he needs to heal it. So if it's a sword in front of an arm and he takes the sword away, he's got to heal the arm. If it's a a leg on fire, he's got to heal that leg. If a bird is being animated, moved away, guess what? That sky or that mountain or that tree, that branch, that has to be healed up. So a lot of Photoshopping, healing, separating out all the different layers. Then we've got rigging just to be able to make things move. We've also got uh, a parallax effect with 3D cameras to make sure that the layers are moving in a certain way to give the illusion of the eye. We're also using a rotoscoping technique in order to make sure that FibbleThip is inside of the action, not just sitting as a sticker on top of everything else that's moving. And then, of course, we've got these particle effects, right? You're rendering all of these particles to make things be on fire, to have the magic and have all of these effects and lights. and and rain and meteors flying through the sky and stars. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And all of these things get put together in what, maybe like a 15-second loop or something like that? (laughs) If 15 seconds, it would kill me. No, yeah, sometimes it's five seconds, five hours for five seconds, uh, six, you know, six hours for for five seconds, just just to bring that little that little world to life. And a lot of times I do it as a loop so I can fool myself that, wow, it's it's infinite. I didn't spend that much time on it. <laughs> so I can, <laughs> we can just sit there watching it forever. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it really does take a lot of time. I, I'm, I'm fortunate now. Uh, I do get to work on some official uh, projects and, and I get art from wizards. But do you think it ever has layers in it? <laughs> Maybe one out of a hundred times. And that's always a blast because uh, they'll send me something where uh, the artist uh, has gone through iterations. But it, it's never, almost never usable. It's usually uh, the, a sketch and then they've drawn the final one on top of it. But I, I love that. I treasure those because I get to see kind of where they're, how they arrived the final uh, image. So wow, I've got a few really cool things in the vault. Yeah. (laughs) I know that you're going to be working on future sets and also you're going to be working on the most recent sets, perhaps Ixalan and also Rivals of Ixalan and then the the Dominaria set and Iconic Masters. I mean, we've got a lot of new material coming out. And as long as uh, Wizards continue to do those masterpiece cards, we've got premium art coming out. There's going to be lots of great things, just like days to look forward to. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Uh, they, they have really set the bar for art so high, and it's clear that, the, that Wizards wants to invest in um, you know, giving people a, a clear vision of the world that they're playing. You know, A lot of people play Magic competitively or even casually. They don't care, but you, you, you don't, even if you don't think about the art, you do care. Because if it was gone, you would so sorely miss it. You know, we could just have a piece of cardboard where you wrote... Uh, you know what what the abilities are we could just hand you a blank sheet of paper uh but but the actual art and the card and and bringing it all together with the flavor text and everything um it it brings you into the world and it's it's worth it so it's worth the time that i spend it's worth the time that the artists spend who spend much longer on on you know i spend five six hours animating it they might spend 30 20 to 30 hours on a piece or especially Mm. the traditional painters 
on one piece, you know, that, that somebody's, you know, I, I hate it when, when you have an incredible piece on maybe a terrible card and you're thinking, oh, no, nobody's going to see this, you know, or they might not, uh, you know, they might not notice um, how amazing this was because it, it wasn't prominent. But uh, that's usually where I like to step in and go, okay, we're going to put that in the trailer, you know, or something between the GP so people can enjoy this and, and uh, enjoy all the what the artist was trying to say with their little corner of the world that they got to bring to life. You know, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you, Jeffrey, what advice do you have for people out there in the listening audience or out there in the community who want to create content and has like a special skill, a really specialized skill like you, and a passion for magic, a hobby in magic? What advice do you have them to make content for Magic the Gathering? Absolutely. I I think that... uh, Creating content and telling you know your side of, of what what interests you in magic is one of the best things about this game. Anybody can do it, and I mean, if if it goes beyond just having a conversation with your friends, and you feel compelled to, wow, I'd like to you know tell the world about this. There's so many avenues right now, right now. You you need to uh, I would say create a Twitter account. Um, Twitter has been an incredible resource for me because you can connect to anybody in the community. Um, you can build up uh, followers and a fan base. I, it's more important to me than than any other site right now. Um, it, it is what it is. It's Twitter, but it, it really is important to uh, to have a presence established where you can be reached. So as your your uh, content starts to find an audience and, and they want to learn more or interact with you directly, um, this is a this is a great way to do it. Some people use Tumblr. I, I have I don't use Tumblr myself, but uh, if you just rely on something like Reddit, like I did in the beginning. You're competing with a sea of of other content, just an enormous. And you you are on Twitter too, but at least you have your little world that uh, that you can call your own. It's your page, and it's not going to fall off. Um, I remember I would I would work for six ten hours, and you know, like I have a animation that I'm so excited to share with the world. I, I can remember uh, Titan of Erebos was one I did, and I posted it and i think i posted it like right as spoilers were dropping for some other set or i just totally ruined when i when i actually put my piece of content out there uh and and it was completely swept aside nobody nobody even saw it it was it was you know totally lost time and that's fine you know it was (laughs) it was uh so that that's that's the next piece of advice is um start to learn your audience and learn uh when they want to when the best times are to uh, create content and and don't burn yourself out. A, a lot of people think that they have to post every single day um, or post. You know, uh, you can interact on Twitter. Maybe make a comment on a, on something topical. Uh, I see my friend Kitchen Table Magic Sam uh, making comments on on things that are interesting and relevant to the community, <laughs> and that's a great way to interact. People see your name, they know what you're. They they say, oh yeah, Sam said that. Or, you know, it gets it gets you out there. And uh, I'll give you I'll give you a really great example. Another Sam, uh, the Magic Man Sam, yeah. who is an awesome, awesome content creator who is just uh, really, you know, simply by spending the time to do great work and and putting it out there has risen to uh, now he's I believe sponsored also by Card Kingdom. That's right. And uh, and and he's doing fantastic work. And all he did was he said, "Okay, I've got an idea. I want to talk about this piece of artwork or talk about this artist and I'm going to create a very in-depth video." And he he doesn't create but, you know, maybe one video a month. But it, but he puts the time in. And I think that's the biggest thing. 
when you put something out there, there's it's kind of like a stand-up comedian. There's that instant gratification. So it can be really tempting to go for quantity over quality because you can go, oh, wow, you know, whatever. I'll just make this quickly and, and put it out there uh, and see what the community thinks. And if they hate it, ah, whatever, scrap it, and I'll move on to the next one. But I guarantee you, even if you have some hits in there, your misses are going to add up. And those don't go away on the internet. That that's gonna that's gonna be there forever, and it'll shape who you are. So, uh, focus on quality and focus on whatever it is that you're gonna do. If you're gonna make a podcast, or if you're gonna make a video series, or if you're gonna make deck text, I mean, don't feel like oh wow, everybody's doing deck text. You know, the professor is really good looking and he has long hair, and I don't. I'm never gonna compete with that. <laughs> <laughs> just go ahead and uh, just you know, and go ahead and move off of it. No way. I mean, if if you've got a unique uh, take, or or even if you want to comment on on something that's being done in the Magic the Gathering community, go for it. And and the last thing I'll say real quick is is uh, positivity. I think the the like I said, we we sometimes uh, as as community members we we get a little negative vibe. Something will happen. It'll be a little bit of drama, uh, and everybody wants to talk about it, and then everybody leaps to to make some kind of uh, you know get the commentary going. You know, we're in an internet age. We can all have our comments. But when you're making your content, I think that it would be awesome if, if whatever it was, you always focus on the positive because that's what I try to do. I, I try to put a piece of art there out there uh, that I love that I want to share. I, ne- I never, uh, you know, I never go, I never take a piece of art and I go, wow, look at this terrible art. You know, let's, I want to put this out because I, I hate what they've done here. Or, or even when I do uh, videos uh, for some of the, the larger uh, retail sites, like we, we don't focus on stories that are negative. We, we want to tell the, the triumphs or we, we want to tell people coming together. Um, we want to, we want to talk about uh, the ways that Magic the Gathering is enriching people's lives. So be positive. And if you're positive long enough, even in the face of uh, whatever else is going on in, in the world, maybe not even in magic, uh, people will people will see you as kind of a as kind of an oasis in the in the crazy you know desert of of uh, bad stuff going on. And they'll go, wow, I, I'm going to listen to an episode of Kitchen Table Magic because Sam is just going to tell me an awesome story, and that that's that's the best thing you can do when you're creating content. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Jeffrey. I will I will be telling an awesome story. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> I love it. Well, next, I wanted to ask you, Jeffrey, what do you think is missing from the Magic the Gathering community right now? What do I think is missing? That's a good question. Um, there, there are things that, uh, that I'd like to see happen with the game itself. Um, you know, there, there's some accessibility and some, uh, you know, the, the world of esports is, is really coming at us full, full uh, storm. And uh, we're all going to have to join or get out of the way. And I'd like to see um, a little more, you know, uh, things happening with, with the way people are playing the game. But honestly, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I don't, I, I live in Minneapolis. I'm so lucky. I get to play Magic pretty much any night I want. There, there's every kind of format here and every kind of thing. So, um, gosh, I, 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 maybe they could do a little more with, uh, getting some of the, uh, some of the smaller formats, um, more, you know, pay a little more credence to them. You know, sometimes the only time we hear about legacy is when the ban and restricted format is coming out. And I get that it's not selling cards, you know, but um, I'd, I'd like for, for uh, a little more of that to exist in, in the, uh, the community. That's my favorite format. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you. 
Blood Moon. Come on, here it comes. I, I know that's in Marn. <laughs> I'm playing it on turn one. I'm locking you out and all this type of stuff. <laughs> I'm a red. <laughs> I, I very famously uh, have, have said terrible things about blue. So if you're a blue player out there, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I think that the community engagement is is awesome it's it's really cool the preview season is a great example of that we're on that right now they're giving community uh content creators um you know preview cards and and if we stop having these spoilers you know which personally i i could care less you know like we're getting it a little faster and and you just took somebody's uh exciting reveal away that they don't get to see so i i'm really over those um but uh yeah basically just uh just keep the community engagement high and and like like you were saying if you're a person who wants to try being a content creator well then we're missing you so let's go out there and have you try to do it because i can't wait to watch it and jeffrey could you tell us someone that you think really is exemplary or are completely transforming and innovating the way visual storytelling is being told right now in the magic the gathering community yeah, well, there's only name one name that uh, springs to mind there, and that's the Magic Man, Sam. Sam is doing something uh, that is unique because he's taking art and making it accessible uh, to people who are maybe just casually interested. Maybe you don't have a background in art or a degree. I certainly don't. Uh, I got a degree in filmmaking, and we all know how valuable those are. Uh, mine has helped a little bit, but uh, but Sam is is uh, helping us all to get a deeper understanding for the art that we already uh, know shapes the world of the Magic the Gathering, uh, the planes and the multiverse, and and uh, and we we can really get deeper into that content and learn a lot. And I'm I'm every time he has a new one come out, I I'm excited to see it. I got to hang out with him quite a bit in Vegas. He's a good guy. He, Sweet. Uh, yeah, he he's a nice guy. People recognize him. He he again is exemplary of that quality over quantity. And uh, he's also good for uh, cucumber water. If you're ever thirsty in the desert, he, he can whip that up for you in no time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And for the listening audience, just to be clear and not get things too confused, you know, I'm Sam Tang of Kitchen Table Magic, but Jeffrey yes. and I right now are talking about Sam, the magic man Sam, better known as Ristic Studies on Twitter. And his YouTube channel really goes through in-depth about art and breaking down the art and kind of deconstructing it from a visual standpoint. And then he will also talk about uh, like storylines about uh, certain kinds of cards, like one with nothing, the best worst card, and also Pithing Needle and Thrag Tusk and all these great things. And, you know, really presenting history and stats and figures and really changing your perspective on certain kinds of things. And it is just a delight because the music is chill and the visuals are so rich and you're just like, oh, the writing is so good and the way you know sam narrates things he's got like a super smooth voice you know it's just like it like the whole thing is just amazing 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 and just like I, I love i love him so much as well yeah I've, I've worked with him uh once i did a I, oh i wish i could work with him more i animated a planes for him uh and for neil's uh ham i believe it was uh, just pushing in and i made the grass kind of swing and we had the sunrise coming up over the uh over the hills and but 
but yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. I'm going to have to text him later and tell him that I, I had to let everyone know that he was terrible and he's just going to have to sweat it out until this podcast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Jeffrey, I love what you said earlier about um, asking Sam uh, to make you some cucumber water because you know what? In a sense, he's kind of like the cucumber water of the Magic the Gathering community. He's incredibly yes. fresh and refreshing and sophisticated and subtle and just like exactly the content that I need in the day and like I wish this came, content came out just much more often because whenever I, I, I see it being released I like drop everything during lunchtime and just it's like 17 minutes or 11 minutes of just bliss just like the storytelling is so amazing I love it absolutely good guy yeah seriously okay everyone we're gonna have more from Jeffrey Palmer coming up in a little bit but first a word from our sponsors Okay, Jeffrey, you've got some interesting Patreon supporters gifts for us. Could you tell us what they are? Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quote um, from one of the comments that uh, was posted once I, I created this animation. And it said, you just animated the butt. And I kind of <laughs> went, oh, yeah, I suppose I did. Well, I had a lot of animation to do with this one. And there were a lot of things happening. Of course, I'm talking about the bouncing beebles and all of their fun that they're having in this little world. Uh, science experiment that they've found themselves in. Oh my goodness, uh, Jeff Mercola, uh, another fantastic artist, uh, brought us the Beebles and all of their mischief, and I suppose they're relatively tasty too, which is a tragedy because they're so cute. But uh, yeah, we're going to absolutely, we'll give away some of those uh, signed on the Patreon, and uh, I'm excited to share that with you. It's one of my favorite and most enduring animations and early ones that people remember me for. And yes, if you do watch it uh, over on the right hand side, there's a little guy and you know what? I just animated his butt and left the rest not moving. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the scene is so funny. I mean, earlier you were talking about Jeffrey, you're like, I want to find uh, a scene that maybe I can lend some credence to either before oh. or after and, and like really like enrich like the depth of the scene. And this is a really interesting scene because they're in a little workshop. It kind of looks like a little wizard's kitchen or something and these right. little and these little beebles are just bouncing around causing a ruckus and it's so funny that you just animated the butt <laughs> the, the butt yes i sometimes i just have to uh, you know the art is very serious let's be honest there's there's a pretty strong overtones of wow we're in magic and things are dark and sorcery and happening uh but then they have these wonderful little cards that just sort of are out there like brushwag is another one. Oh my goodness what an amazing card the beebles they're they're just having fun nobody is uh, attacking them nobody's uh, you know great sword and sorceries they're not walking the multiverse or the planes walking or whatever they're doing they're just in this little kitchen causing a ruckus and uh, stuck in a jar and dancing around and uh, throwing themselves onto the floor like like you would if you were a beeble I love it I love it thank you so much Jeffrey okay so listeners we're gonna have a bunch of those signed by Jeffrey Palmer and we'll be sending them out to you if you are a patreon supporter thank you so much Jeffrey absolutely. Kitchen Table Magic is brought to you by the generous support of listeners like you. In the last three seasons, the show has been downloaded over 100,000 times and has reached the far corners of the world. Thank you so much for listening to the show. As you know, I give out gifts, little mementos from my interviews to my Patreon supporters. If you'd like to receive signed cards and other cool things, become a supporter at patreon.com slash kitchen table magic. Thank you so much. This episode of Kitchen Table Magic was brought to you by Paragon City Games. The Kitchen Table Magic podcast has been all about the origins of the game and members of the community. 
And as a community, we've come a long way since the game first started. Apart from the kitchen table, the only other places in your local community to play Magic are at local game stores. And that's why places like Paragon City Games is so important for our community. At Paragon City Games, you'll find a spacious and clean showroom with lots of elbow room for Magic events. You'll find thoughtful accessories like die-hard metal dice and handcrafted wooden boxes. You'll find a huge supply of legacy, modern, and standard staples, sealed product, and tabletop games. It's places like Paragon City Games that allow local communities to gather in. And if you can't make it there in person, please be sure to watch their weekly stream at twitch.tv slash paragoncitygames. Remember to spread the love with a like on Facebook and a follow on Twitter for Paragon City Games. They also have great online reviews and that shows their commitment to excellent customer service for their player community. This episode of Kitchen Table Magic is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com is a great place to shop for Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, pre-constructed decks, and gaming accessories. They have a huge selection of singles, from the latest sets to an ever-flowing supply of modern and legacy staples. Card Kingdom also loves to buy Magic cards. They'll offer you cash or in-store credit for your Magic singles. And if you're new to Magic, you'll love playing any one of the 36 new pre-constructed battle decks built by Card Kingdom. Sign up for Card Kingdom's email newsletter to receive coupon codes and deck techs by Magic Pro Chris Van Meter. You'll get access to Card Kingdom's private reserve, which are special deals for chase rares at significantly discounted prices. Card Kingdom has so much to offer, so I hope you'll check them out. And if you'd like to support Kitchen Table Magic when shopping at Card Kingdom, please use our affiliate link. Just go to cardkingdom.com KTM. Okay, everyone, and we are back. Jeffrey, I have some rapid-fire questions for you. Are you ready? I think so. Okay, wonderful. All right, rapid-fire question number one. Of the five colors of magic, white, blue, black, red, and green, what's your favorite color and why? It's only red, because red is the only color in magic that uh, is based on what magic is supposed to do, which is reduce your opponent's life total from 20 to zero as quickly as possible. So if you want to sit there and draw all your cards and diddle around and we can have this big show, uh, I'm involved in it, but uh, I'll just be killing you before you get to do much of that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Spoken like a true red mage. And Jeffrey, if you would pair red with some other colors, what would they be? Oh, it would be black. Of course, we're going to ah. go with Rakdos. I have a shirt. I love it. The only thing better than burning someone to death is, you know, slipping them into a dark decay of, you know, decomposing gross bog and, and everything that death represents. I, I, I do love my black magic and destroy target creature. It doesn't get any more pure than that. Oh, yeah. I bet you're just a big fan of Terminate, aren't you? Well, it, it is the, uh, you know, one of the key cards in Jund. And, and I, I was terminated in EDH last night and I said, hey, I shouldn't be, you know, at this point in my career, you just shouldn't be allowed to terminate anything I have anymore. We should just have a, a standing rule that that card can't be played against me. <laughs> Sadly, Wizards hasn't errated it just yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, Jeffrey, rapid fire question number two. If you could change something about Magic the Gathering, what would it be? If I could change something about Magic the Gathering, I would change any card uh, that has the word draw on it into something else because I think drawing cards is the worst thing you can do in Magic. And I'm sure I'm very unpopular for saying that. But I, I just don't love sitting there while you look at your hand and uh, decide wh what you're going to do with it. The banning of Sensei's Divining Top was, the, uh, was like Christmas morning to me because I knew that no longer would I have to 
I said I'd watch such a thing happen while I was waiting to just burn, you know, end in the game with uh, whatever giant monstrosity I was about to summon. So here we go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Very red mage, even in question number two. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey. Rapid fire question number three. If you could give something to every magic player, what would it be? Oh, if I could give something to every magic player. Well, I, I would love to do every magic player's animation for the card that they love the most, but I, I don't have the time. People have said, well, you know, you uh, just start at the beginning and, and work your way forward. <laughs> but as, <laughs> as we've talked about, unfortunately, there's there's too much. But um, if I could give something to, to everybody, I would, I would probably just, uh, you know, want to give them uh, a little bit of enjoyment from uh, something that I created and you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you were looking for a physical thing that I would give them, but uh, uh, I do try to give people a little a little bit of enjoyment in their in their day uh, with my animations. Wonderful, wonderful, Jeffrey. Rapid fire question number four: What do you see in the future of Magic: The Gathering? Well, in the future of Magic: The Gathering, I hope we're going to see a little more ability to play online, and I'm really excited because everybody's always talking about the potential for animation. Uh, you know, when things show up on the computer. So I think we are going to see Magic the Gathering uh, move into the digital age. And I know we've, uh, you know, t- heard talk about Magic Digital Next and uh, who knows what that's going to be. But I, I think Magic the Gathering is going to um, expand beyond beyond the cardboard. Uh, but I do think even in the future, uh, sitting down across from your friend and, and uh, taking out a 75 card deck and and going to town is going to be the best way to play magic. Okay, okay. And last, Jeffrey, do you have any asks or requests of the listening audience? I would love if you guys would tune in to uh, some of the things we've got coming up. Uh, tune into the GPs covered by Channel Fireball. We're going to have a great 2018. Um, I'm going to be making so many uh, animated intros. We're going to keep the hype really high. We're going to uh, we and we want to hear how we're doing. Uh, so so let us know. I, I know you will if we mess up, but let us know when we're doing good as well. Sometimes we we don't hear that, and uh, we want to know what we should do more of uh, at what worked. Um, so again, you can reach out on the Channel Fireball Twitter page. You can email uh, Channel Fireball. We're going to be doing some really exciting stuff. I want everyone to tune into Vintage Super League, which is going to be coming back uh, probably before too long. We're going to have another uh, season. Actually, by the time this comes out, we may be on to the next uh, season of that. So um, just engage in, in your community. And uh, and even if I, I'm not a part of making it look good, um, I would ask that you uh, be be good to the community members. Don't start a ruckus in the comments, for heaven's sakes. Don't be beebles in the kitchen causing trouble. Uh, but tell content creators when they're doing a great job, uh, not just when they're when they're messing up or letting it uh, letting it slip a little bit. So I can't wait to hear from you. That's fantastic, and I'm going to have all of the links in the show notes at kitchentablemagic.org, and you can find Jeffrey Palmer on Twitter at livingcardsmtg. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for being here with us and talking with us about all of these different things that you do and also answering some of our technical questions and kind of giving some insights about exactly how all of this works. I know it's very complicated, uh, but it's just like the end product is so mesmerizing. Like I said, every single one of the animations just draws me in. And I, and I know everyone else is also dazed as well. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. Um, so I just really appreciate everything that you do. Um, you've given us so much of your energy and you've really contributed so much to the community 
as well with all of your contributions to all these really big channels and like all of the coverage that we see. You're just like bringing a whole new dimension to how we view art and how we interact and connect with the game. So thank you so much, Jeffrey, because like you've really brought so much joy to everybody. Sam, thank you so much for saying that. And and I, I would like, you know, nothing more than to continue what I'm doing. I started this just to have fun. And the moment I stop having fun, I'm going to stop, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, and it's exactly because of, of all the support that uh, people in the community give me, um, that the content creators that have given me, the, the artists have given me. It's just, it's overwhelming. Echoing what you said earlier, I, I just want to uh, remind everybody, you know, you can do this. Uh, no, nobody was the Magic the Gathering animator. Uh, there were a few people working on the trailer, you know, people, but nobody doing this for fun. Nobody taking, uh, going out there really and, and just trying to, uh, trying to see what would happen if you brought the, the cards to life. And, and I, I just wanted to try that. That was my little thing. And it paid off. Uh, a thousandfold. Um, you know, it's not my day job yet. I, I don't do this professionally uh, 100% of the time, but I get so much enjoyment out of it. And if you have a piece of, of the uh, the community that you're going, wow, this is just missing. I, every Nobody's doing this. Try it. There's nothing stopping you and, and everything empowering you to get out there and, and share whatever it is you have to say about this game that we all love and, uh, and, and, and let everybody know about it. And like I said before, I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much again for all the continued support. It's been, it's gotten me through. I mean, personally, uh, support, you know, there are times that I've, I, I've had, you know, down, down days. And I, I've just looked back at a, at some Reddit comments or some, something I posted on Twitter and somebody saying, Hey, you made a little bit of my day today. Or, you know, like an artist saying, I'm so glad you did this. And, and so that makes it all worthwhile. And if you want to share something and get that reward or, or even just be a part of the conversation, uh, we're so happy to have you. And, and Sam, thanks again for having me on Kitchen Table Magic. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Jeffrey. He's on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. I'll have links to Jeffrey's animations in the show notes at KitchenTableMagic.org. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I want to take a moment to thank all of my Patreon supporters. Brian, Marcus, James L, Alex, Trevor, Caitlin, Mark, Aaron M, Neil, James G, Aaron C, Corey, Chad, Logan, The Magic Man Sam, Jesse, Ben, Nick, Eternal Dirtles, Matthias, Charlie, Geraint, Scryfall, Matt, Ian, Prescovi, Ryan, and Carl. Listeners, if you'd like to get special gifts from my interviews, become a supporter at patreon.com slash kitchen table magic. Your financial contribution goes to making the show better and keeps it running by helping to pay for audio equipment, software, and server costs. And now that I've partnered with Card Kingdom, there's a new way to support the show. When you shop at Card Kingdom, just use my affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash KTM. A big thank you again to all of my Patreon supporters, past, present, and future. Your support of Kitchen Table Magic allows me to share stories about the amazing people in the Magic the Gathering community with the world. If you haven't heard already, I've created a new YouTube channel called Play MTG. It's an upbeat, fast-paced YouTube channel featuring deck techs from the pros, learn-to-play tutorials, level-up advice, card discussion, community news, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash C slash Play MTG. Special thanks to Dev for the shout-out on his YouTube channel that helped me get a bunch of new subscribers. I really appreciate your support, Dev. Follow the channel on Twitter at play underscore MTG. It's also on Facebook at facebook.com slash play MTG, all one word. I'm looking forward to creating new content and I've got some collaborations and new videos in the works. 
Be sure to subscribe to Kitchen Table Magic on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Hipsters of the Coast, and mtgcast.com. Follow the show on Twitter at KTM Podcast. The show is on Facebook.com slash Kitchen Table Magic Podcast. All of the show notes are at kitchentablemagic.org. If you're new to the show, there's plenty of past episodes to listen to, and please be sure to share KTM with a friend. Coming up on the next episode of Kitchen Table Magic. So we're trying to read into each of their moves, draw that information from it so that we can say what's even happening. And at the same time, trying to tell it in a story that's exciting because the part about what we do that I like the most is that the game is exciting. And I love this game and playing this game is fun and watching this game is fun. And if I can take that excitement that is at the table and that excitement that I feel and pass it on to someone else and make them feel something, I think that is far more important. Not that learning is important, but learning about the match, it has its values, but just watching and feeling something and caring about what you're feeling and what you're watching is I think probably the most important aspect. So I love that feeling of getting excited about something and being able to share that excitement with other people. I'm talking to streamer, commentator, and host TJ Rogers. TJ helps to run the Twitch stream of Geek Fortress, a local game store in Snohomish, Washington. With his broad knowledge of the game and great on-camera presence, TJ helped to grow the channel to over 10,000 followers. TJ's passionate about making magic exciting to watch. TJ and I also did Pro Tour Ixalan coverage with Team Metagame Gurus in November, and I can say TJ is a very good broadcaster. Join me and the Red Baron, TJ Rogers, as we talk about the future of streaming magic, all on the next episode of KTM. KTM.